Greetings, and welcome to our second away mission. This is Pags. This is Jed. And uh, today, no fully, as you may have noticed, but we'll truck on as best we can. Today, good friends, we are checking out the second mini-series that led us to the G.I. Joe animated series. G.I. Joe, The Revenge of Cobra, the follow-up to G.I. Joe, The Real American Hero. And it is essentially a remake of The Real American Hero. I guess after they did the first mini-series, they kind of learned some stuff and decided that they could just do the story over again, essentially, but better. And that's what they did. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's the exact same story again, but, you know, better. Yeah, yeah. Which is why we went with this one first, because if you're going to watch G.I. Joe, this is the one to watch. And, oh, man, so ridiculous. It's so great. Well, the the great beauty of the G.I. Joe animated series, or at least the Sunbow animated one, I, I haven't rewatched any of the Deke series, is that the writers clearly were having a lot of fun making the show. They, they knew that they could just do whatever they wanted they could be as absurd as they wanted to be they could put in references to whatever they wanted to reference yeah and it would just go over the heads of anyone who was watching it exactly. they, they were making this show to sell shit and they could just have fun with yeah. it if they wanted they, to they made a uh, character specifically for that uh, purpose quick kick oh, yeah. quick kick was a movie stuntman who who was just all about uh movie references yeah movie references and impersonations they put that in there to amuse themselves because no kid was going to understand quick Kick doing Cagney or anything. Or but Hitchcock. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, there it was. Although, of course, he doesn't show up until no, not until the, the series, series proper. Yeah. yeah. But this series, uh, this miniseries has now brought us uh, well into the G.I. Joe universe. The first miniseries, they hadn't quite found their footing yet. So, like, there were vehicles and characters that just weren't going to keep, weren't going to stick around. This miniseries, they, they're, they're really knocking it out of the park. Like, pretty much every vehicle in this uh, miniseries is a toy you can buy yeah, every, well, every character is you know aside from the incidental non-Cobra non-G.I. Joe characters well and, and there's also uh, a handful of generic Joes mm -hmm. to man the, the magic mirrors later but there on. were even generic Joes in the original line too so well all of them had names it's yeah, not like Cobra true. where they had Viper or yeah. Cobra Soldier yeah all of the G.I. Joe Cobra soldiers officer. had names but a lot of them especially in the first two series they seemed very generic yeah especially when you put characters. their green helmets on they were yeah. almost all indistinguishable from each other like rock and roll and short fuse yeah. appear to be basically the same character except rock and roll has a bandolier yeah um the basics of the story here are that uh, Cobra has created a device for controlling the weather. The Weather Dominator! But they need one final component to make it work. The Laser Core. And so the miniseries opens with G.I. Joe escorting the Laser Core to someplace safe. By convoy! By convoy. Which I, I feel is a, ref a reference to the... I guess it would have been... Optimus Prime. Yeah, Optimus Prime. It, it would have been going on at the same time. It's by the yeah. same people. Uh, because it looks like Optimus Prime and they say convoy the second he appears on the screen. Yeah, and Japanese for those not name. in the know, yeah, Convoy is the Japanese name of Optimus Prime. The original uh, Optimus Prime toy was called Convoy. Yeah, so, so it's, you know, it's it's one of many cute little references that they have in there. Yeah, and, which is great. And, of course, this episode opens up with a delicious rhyme. Yo, Joe, Convoy, go. Uh, Duke. I don't, yeah, it's like, who do you think you are? You are not Roadblock. Later on, somebody else will make a rhyme. Wild Bill Wild makes a Bill. rhyme. And it's like, you are not Roadblock. What do you think you're doing? I like to think of it as sad attempts on their part to be as cool as Roadblock. Like, well, sure. Everyone wants to yeah. be Roadblock. Yeah, Roadblock is obviously the most popular Joe, well, except he's their for Torpedo. Chef. 
<laughs> so in my mind, the entire G.I. Joe crew secretly wants to be as cool as Roadblock. So whenever they can, they throw out rhymes. Who wouldn't want to be as cool as Roadblock? I can't think of anyone. He's a renaissance man. You know, he's he's a gourmet chef. Yeah. He's the biggest, toughest guy on the team. Yeah. He's always rhyming. Yeah. He's just a cool dude. He is a cool dude. Which is why they got The Rock to play him in uh, G.I. Joe Retaliation. Yeah. Although they dropped the rhyming. But that's also to be expected because it works in a cartoon show. Not so much in a uh, I don't know. I'd movie. love to see The Rock rhyming I would it up, do. Man. For me, The Rock can really do no wrong. So I would watch. Basically. I would watch The Rock speak in rhyming couplets yeah, or know, whatever. As I've said, you know, if your action franchise is a pile of shit, just add The Rock. <laughs> just add it, Rock. It will save that. He will. I mean, he he turns movies that should just be ridiculous like shitstorms into watchable shitstorms. Yeah, I mean, I watched the fourth Fast and the Furious movie and I didn't really care for it. Yeah. But I watched the fifth one when they added The Rock and that shit's brilliant. Yeah, so I, good. I just saw San Andreas. Oh, I really want to go see the that. Rock versus plate tectonics yeah beautiful i I really want to go see that paul giamatti is in it too really yeah paul giamatti is there for our drama and and the rock is there for our feels it's great the rock is there for our the rock yeah well i mean the thing about the rock is i like i love the rock on multiple levels like i i think the rock is a genuinely good actor he is he's he's legitimately a great actor yeah he clearly has a lot of passion for what he's doing he's excited to be doing it he really throws himself into everything he does which is cool to watch like he's just one of those people like with a lot of charisma that even in crappy movies you still like the the actor well he's interesting because he's a character actor who is also an action star mm-hmm. rather than an action star who's able to act yeah you know he he is a character actor he's very cognizant yeah. of who his characters are and what their motivations are yeah. and everything he, his uh, career trajectory right now reminds me of a young Will Smith back in the day he's got that same kind of really broad appeal where everybody likes him but he's making better movies he's making much better you know, movies because I love Will Smith the person yeah. and I love Will Smith just the personality Mm-hmm. But I don't like any Will Smith movies. That's fair. That's fair. Like, like I, I can't think of a single one that I like. I like Men in Black. I haven't seen it in a long time. The last time I watched it, yeah. I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, I mean, it's not great, but I enjoy Men in Black. But, but like, yeah. I can't watch Independence Day anymore. Yo, I, I've, I've always really hated old. Independence Day. Uh, Foley and I were actually just talking about uh, about Will Smith the other day and what we thought were his like his two big films. And Foley was surprised that for me it was Independence Day and Men in Black. That is what I'd say. Yeah, because for him it was. Independence Day and Bad, Bad Boys. Boys. You I can see that. And I get that, but for me, Bad Boys is was his breakout role. Like, Bad Boys was the movie that, you know, yeah. thrust him into the action film Well, and genre. Michael Bay's too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, but that's the movie that I never, created the monster mm-hmm. that is Michael Bay. I never think of Bad Boys, though. Like, I have seen Bad Boys once, and... To be fair, I've never seen Bad yeah, Boys. and I have no desire to see it again. <laughs> but we have gotten massively off track. <laughs> this away machine is all over the place already. Hey, on, on an away great. mission, you gotta explore. Yeah, you, you yeah. gotta like you, you gotta survey the territory, yeah, man. Yeah, we're on a trek here for for knowledge. So, so Cobra shows up to steal the laser core, which uh, which gives Duke a chance to bust out some of his his excellent action one liners. <laughs> I don't enjoy your company, but you sure get a kick out of me. Kick you in the face. Do 
Duke is lame. <laughs> he is you know, so lame. Duke is is kind of the central character on the show, and, yeah, and he's he's kind of like the he's almost like the dad of the group, and not in like a father figure way, but in a I'm lame kind of way. He is, but he's also sort of the Optimus Prime of GI Joe mm-hmm. in terms of where he stands in the pecking order and just his importance to the rest of the characters in the plot, which is why you know in the movie they had originally intended to yeah. kill him off and then decided not to. Yeah, after- exactly before the the whole Optimus Prime debacle in the Transformers. Well, yeah, movie. it was the it was the Optimus Prime thing that made them go, oh no, we can't do that. Exactly, again. like it was in production with the intent of uh, killing off Duke in the GI Joe movie, and then they got their uh, <laughs> they got their response to killing off Optimus Prime, and they're like, oh shit, kids actually care about these people. But yeah, I, I don't understand the love for Duke, and it did exist because yeah. you know there there was a friend of like, in an elementary school. There was a friend of mine who I used to talk GI Joe with because yeah. I fucking love GI Joe, and of I've course. always loved GI Joe. Grew up on that. I read the comics like all the time. Had tons of the figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was a friend of mine who I always used to talk to about the show and the comics and stuff. And his favorite character was Duke. That's so strange. And but... I can't believe that because he's not a character. I mean, maybe he was a white supremacist. <laughs> I don't like know. in retrospect, I, I don't know who he grew up to be. But yeah. you know, because weird. Duke is just generic white guy. He the re- character. Like, he really is. Like he's so bland. He's he, he's he... blonde and blue eyed. Yeah, he's, he's a square jawed six foot two eyes of blue as Scarlet says in the first miniseries mm. and to me personally while I was deeply upset by the death of Optimus Prime mm. I would not have mourned the loss of Duke no and the way they uh, they got around his death was because they had already made the film at this point yeah, they, they had they had to do it all off screen like they had to have like somebody off screen say oh Doc says Duke's gonna be fine or you know watch out for um, snakes you know like as soon as as, as soon as Duke dies he's like yo Joe and then like from off screen Scarlet says he slipped into a coma but how the fuck do you know that well, you know she, like, she's a medical professional do comas look different than dying under these circumstances he's been stabbed through the heart yeah but I mean we're, we're talking about a movie where the the main villain gets turned into a literal snake man so great <laughs> listen like I love the G.I. Yeah. Joe movie oh, yeah. Yeah, me too. Like, there's a lot of hate out there for the G.I. Joe movie not from me oh, I love no. that shit that shit is so fucking bizarre and I, it Burgess Meredith just fucking oh, tearing it up in that he's movie he's so great but the, the thing is you know the, the G.I. Joe movie it really carries on from the feeling of the TV series yeah. which was really loopy yeah way different than the comics yeah when I when I watched the show as a kid and I, I watched it every every fucking day I was mm-hmm. a huge huge fan oh, yeah, of the me show too, I would me too. get up super early to make sure I saw it yeah and Remember when they were using the uh, the opening sequence from uh, G.I. Joe the movie as the opening for the series? Oh, it was like, badass. Yeah. Because there's so much like, more rock. Yeah, so every morning you'd get to watch this, the uh, the Statue of Liberty fight. Oh, and it's beautifully G.I. animated, Joe. Yeah, too. so great. But, so, like, you know... I watched it then and it just seemed like you know a really action-packed show then but then you know I finally picked it up on DVD years mm-hmm. later and started rewatching. it I'm like wow this is insane it's so the people bonkers. who are writing it are clearly just like we, we can just do whatever we want ever, whatever we yeah. want nobody yeah. is paying attention exactly Cobra Telethon no problem Cobra, Cobra starts a rock band yeah you're wearing their t-shirt right Cold now Cold Slither man Cold Slither the uh, Cobra rock band and the name of our uh, now retired trivia team indeed uh 
you know, they, they, they started their own cola. Yeah. Cobra Cola. Cobra Cola. Which controls your mind. Yeah. Cobra came up with the best, worst plans for taking over the world. Giant motorized sea serpent that ate yachts. Yeah. Oh, man. I remember watching that one on a video cassette that was hosted by Sergeant Slaughter. Ah. So, like, before each episode, Sergeant Slaughter would say, Oh, what are the Joes up to now? Oh, Cobra's been bad. Oh, too. Not for that one. It was for, I think it might have been for the Sunbow series. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was Egyptian themed. I can't remember what the episode was. Was it Arise Serpentor Arise? No, it was oh. later than that. Oh man, Arise Serpentor Arise. Arise oh. Serpentor Arise is fucking great though. Such a crazy idea. See, th- this is much later when, I don't know, I, I, I can't speak much, too much to it because I haven't seen it in yeah. long enough, but... I have memories that it's just nowhere near as good. Oh no, no. And Deke was just not as good of an animation. Yeah. but Deke was uh, Deke was pre or, or post uh, Serpentor because Deke took yeah. over no, after no, the movie. Uh, and Rise Serpentor Arise is still Sunbow. Yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. That the, oh, okay. I can't speak to I, I the Deke you. series. I'm pretty sure the one I have was Deke. Uh, so we we still haven't got much into the plot, <laughs> and there is a lot of plot here. It's it just, is out of this world. Yeah, but it's just it's our love of GI Joe. will uh, will constantly derail us on this mission but that's okay there's so much to talk about there really is but let's not waste all of it here because we're going to come back to G.I. Joe again and again. Oh, certainly. You know, there are other episodes. There are other miniseries. Like, I really want us to to do uh, G.I. Joe uh, Resolute at some point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the G.I. Joe miniseries that is G.I. Joe as we remember it, but not as it actually yeah. was. Oh, yeah, I have it on DVD. Oh, as do I. Um, and if we're, if we're going to keep doing this, I okay. will definitely pick up the Sunbow Discs on DVD, yeah. too. Just, just for the hell of it. So, at this point point cobra flies in with their hang gliders somehow yeah. that sometimes they seem to be rocket powered and sometimes they don't and it's they got never the two, really they got the two varieties because they've got the ones that look like just regular hang gliders that as you say sometimes appear to be powered because they fly like they're powered and sometimes have like a jet stream yeah. behind them uh, but and but most of the time you can't even see a jet on them so it's it's questionable and then there's the other ones like the actual ones that are made out of metal that actually are rocket powered you know like yeah. cobra commander is flying one of those those i think they were called fangs no the fangs the helicopter was the fang the helicopter yeah oh, okay. the, the black helicopters oh, with the I, I, could... I had the the jet plaque oh yeah jet pack me it too was, me too I, it was one of my favorites as a kid because you know I, I really wanted one like oh, a yeah, real totally. one to fly around they were with. wicked so they come in they steal the laser core and while they're loading it onto their giant cobra jet which wasn't actually ever a toy but it yeah. was super it's, cool yeah it's a vertical takeoff and landing jet with a giant cobra head that opens up to swallow incoming helicopters and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's what Venture Brothers had uh, the, the yeah, Sphinx, the Sphinx air, airship, airship was based on. So while they're pulling in the net with the laser core, they also pull in Duke and Snake Eyes. So they yeah. have them as prisoners. It's the Cobra Claw. The Claw. Yeah, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's an acronym too. Uh, Covert Light Aerial Weapon. Ah. <laughs> Thanks, technology. <laughs> so who gives chase? Roadblock, Mutt, and, and Flint. Flint. They're, they're Give chase in a, a Sky Striker. But then the Weather Dominator, as wielded by Destro, just knocks down. Like, it's not just them pursuing. Like, everyone's pursuing. They're the ones that crash. Right. Everyone else manages just to get away. off and goes elsewhere. Yeah. And somehow they f- they all forget where it is. But mm-hmm. So, Destro. <laughs> we, we should really address Destro because Destro's a great character. But yeah. the animation for Destro 
is really weird. The animators didn't really understand the design of the yeah. character. There seems to have been a lot of miscommunication between the American animation team and the Korean animation team. Because all of these uh, productions were essentially animated in Korea. and Most productions so, are. Or at least through this era. So certain aspects of character designs just apparently didn't translate well. So for instance, Destro is supposed to be bare-chested underneath his... Uh, With just like an, an amulet yeah, necklace. Yeah, like, like a red amulet necklace. But they seem to have misunderstood the instructions, so he seems to be wearing a beige... He's, he's got a muscle suit like yeah. George Michael yeah, in Arrested like, Development. Yeah, he's like wearing a beige muscle suit underneath, and that amulet appears to be like strapped into the center of that uh, muscle suit. The lines that would be the bottom of his pecs, they have, they have mistakenly attached to the corners of the amulet so it looks like the amulet is being held down by uh, by cords at yeah. all four corners yeah. it looks weird it's 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 a weird design but and, uh, and it's he's got like it, it's got like a metal collar yeah with that's bolts. part of it yeah. in, instead of it just being the bottom of his helmet yeah which obviously his lips move and stuff so he's just a dude with a metal head yeah yeah that seems to be it so cool <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, it's always been an interesting design and certainly one that I was always curious how they would ever pull it off in a live action uh, film. Uh, Rise the answer of Cobra. is they didn't. Yeah, the Rise of Cobra <laughs> tried to come up with a way to give him a moving metal head and they failed miserably. It looks awful. It looks and then, so goofy. But then in retaliation, they rightfully just didn't bring Destro into that. They left him in prison with the excellent line from Cobra Commander, Destro, you're out of the band. <laughs> Mwah. Thank you, G.I. Joe Retaliation. I love that movie. So, so Destro, with his... Yeah, he, he climbs up on the, the Weather Dominator and he... With the unlimited power of my Weather Dominator, I will blow them out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I really love about Destro is that at the end of every sentence, or he'll, he'll usually have a handful of lines yeah. at any given time. But every single one of them ends with him going... <laughs> yeah, evil laugh, always. No matter what. It, it doesn't even have to connect to anything. Yeah. It doesn't need to be funny. No, he just, he's just going to laugh. It doesn't even know? need to be diabolical. He, he's, he's just... That's, that's what he does. That's who he is. Destro's love and life. Oh, man. He's so you into know? it. It's great. But and like, like he'll He talk, goes at life bare-chested, yeah. metal-headed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn right. You know, like, ain't nothing going to hold him down. Damn right. Another interesting uh, design problem between Korea and uh, North America was another character who we're about to get to because the Joes captured Cobra Commander during that, that initial exchange. And now Cobra Commander's going to get busted out of prison by Zartan and the Dreadnoughts. And the Dreadnoughts, I feel, are basically Black Sabbath? Yeah, Zartan and awesome. the Dreadnoughts are essentially Black Sabbath. Yeah, Zartan's Ozzy Osbourne. A more eloquent Ozzy Osbourne. Only a little bit. Only a little. I mean, if, if you look at early Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. not so much not, decline not, of yeah. Western civilization Mishima. era yeah. Ozzy Osbourne. But, so, so, with Zartan, his, what's clearly supposed to be his hood yeah. is animated as flowing locks yeah, of hair. Yeah, he's got a luscious mane. Impossible and, hair, in yeah, fact. And, uh, yeah, because in the toy, he's wearing a hood. He's wearing, it's an know? actual cloth hood. Yeah, it's supposed, yeah. yeah, like the toy, they made it out of like this kind of rubbery material yeah. on his head, you know? It's definitely not hair. No. But the I guess the when the Korean animators got the uh, got the character designs and saw this thing, it didn't read as a hood to them. So 
so when they animate him, it's hair. It's big. sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's hair. Occasionally, sometimes it's a hood. It, occasionally, it looks like a hood in some in some shots. Although I think that's just just an accident. Like I think it's always supposed to be hair, but they just did. Not sure. I'm it's, really it's, not sure. It's hard to say. At any rate, it's great. <laughs> so, yeah. So, and and he glows. He yeah. changes color. He's affected by the sun. Yeah. He can't oh. be in direct sunlight because he's a witch or a vampire. Yes. Yeah, something. Or he turns it robs blue. Him. Yeah. He turns blue and curses the sun. So, it robs me of my camouflage ability. So he's sort of a pict, I guess. Yeah. He, he's he's pictish. I mean, it, that, that's from the British Isles. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And the toy was weird because the toy changed color in sunlight too. But in, instead, when he gets angry or frightened, he flashes red. Yeah, yeah. With, with a lightsaber plate, sound effect, too. His chest plate that. flashes red, which is amazing. Yeah, it's fantastic. And doesn't make any sense because, I guess, you know, he's just magic. Zartan is magic. Yeah, Zartan is magic. Um, so anyway, he ambushes some general uh, and steals his clothes. Somehow he has an, an exact match of his mask, or of his face as a mask. Mm-hmm. And all he needs is his voice, so once the general yells at him, he has that somehow. Yeah. Uh, so he and the Baroness show up at... Blackwater Joe, at, Prison. At, at Blackwater Prison, where they're holding Cobra Commander. Uh, the Baroness, we don't know it's the Baroness yet. It's a large, fat woman. Yeah, but the Baroness, like Zartan, mistress of disguise. Just completely unbelievable. Uh, and they, they show up, they break Cobra Commander out, obviously, because yeah. they can just do that. It's and very it's easy. like they just got swallowed up by the swamp. <laughs> <laughs> when they escape in a sequence that's clearly meant to uh, to be a uh, a take on the uh, speeder bike sequence from Return of the Jedi. Very clearly. Okay, so this is the thing we were talking about while we were watching this. Uh, Zartan's lair and Blackwater Prison, clearly in New Orleans. Yeah. Because uh, it's the bayou. Yeah. Uh, but we, we're talking about this because Cobra's base has, and they have their territory. Yeah. Later on we go to a Cobra-run town yeah. that is in their territory. <laughs> oh, yeah, but it's no. not a spring. No. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking of. It's because it's not in, a in this mini series. There's mini-series. just a there's just some town. It's essentially Moss Eisley. Yeah, it's it's like this. It's a wretched hive town. of scum and villainy. So they clearly have territory that is in the continent of North America. Yeah, and it, it could be Mexico. It kind of seems like it's Nevada or yeah. Texas to me. Maybe New Mexico. But it, it kind of raises an interesting question because the Joe world is sort of a weird parallel to one one to ours, and we're, yeah. we're talking about how you know Cobra are terrorists, but what what is their ideology? And yeah. my theory is that uh, this is a communist yeah. America. Yeah, it's, this it's is a, an alternate universe where America is is communist and Cobra is capitalist terrorists. Yeah, because they want money. Yeah, they're they're there for money. They they want to you know take over more land and yeah. they they have this parcel of land in North America that is their base. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so. That, I, I love this theory. Uh, <laughs> G.I. Joe was a great toy line. It was, it was one of the greatest toy lines of all time. I, yeah. I would argue possibly the greatest. I, w- I would say so too. Like As much as I love Star Wars, and you know I love Star Wars. I can visibly see how much you love Star Wars at this instant. <laughs> and Star Wars toy line was certainly groundbreaking, but G.I. Joe took it a step further, or several steps further. G.I. Joe said, okay, the three and three quarter inch format is clearly superior to the 12 inch format we've been doing but we can do better we can make them pretty posable yep we can add a lot of articulation and we're gonna add in a shit ton of vehicles both real world style and fantastic 
and just weird accessories. Yeah. All the little minifigures, <clears throat> uh, the the robots, the, yeah. the armored suits. And a lot, a of, lot of which shows up in this yeah. episode. Or this, and, this and series certainly of a lot of, a lot of this was, you know, inspired by what had been done with uh, Kenner's Star Wars line. Mm. But G.I. Joe, I think, just did it better. Yeah. And for me, the, the trump card for G.I. Joe was the articulation. Yeah. Because as a child, I much preferred being able to pose my figures into any position I wanted than playing with my Star Wars figures and having to have them goose step everywhere yeah. or sit straight legged. You know, they, they had like five points of articulation. Exactly. Joe's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Quite a few, anyways. Yeah. I don't know. Joe's I, I'm not a toy historian. And they, they moved it there. At least, yeah, 11, 12. 12 points of articulation, yeah. I would estimate. It was considerably better. And they also came with a ton more accessories. And oh, yeah. there was just so much more in terms of vehicles and yeah. just weird stuff that they could add to it. Yeah, there was there was a lot of expandability for the G.I. Joe line. Uh, unlike like Star Wars, they were limited to what was in the films. They didn't really get to expand outside of that very much. Whereas G.I. Joe had a whole empire yeah. of yeah, they got different entertainment. And, yeah. they, anytime they wanted to make up an, a new toy they could yeah you know and not that you know i'm saying that the star wars toy line was lacking for options the star wars toy line was huge and they covered a lot of ground but you know without new media to continue fueling star wars uh it could only last so long although star wars also had a marvel comic much like gi joe it's that's true that's true i i guess lucasfilm just didn't consider it canon and therefore didn't so. allow for toys from it i don't but know then that makes the toys canon that seems goofy ah, lucas uh let's not so, get into that bucket of syrup <laughs> uh so the the sky striker with roadblock mutt and, and flint flint crashes into this the weird pit of chaos yeah this this weird crevasse in the middle of i'm guessing the nevada desert yeah uh and Destro has planted all of these weird magic vines yeah, in these it. creeper vines that when they get wet they grow mm. like at an exponential rate and they will literally wrap themselves around and choke the ever-living shit out of anything in their path. Yeah, they're, so... Like, they're, they're, they're murder vines, yeah. essentially. They're, they're magic murder vines. And the uh, the Joes in the crevasse have to fight them off. And they, they manage to randomly MacGyver a helicopter. Mm-hmm. They, they build one out of just, you know, scraps. Uh, while keeping the Sky Striker running to keep the vines off. Because the vines don't like heat or light. Yeah, and... Uh, was, what does Roadblock say? Because Roadblock, who's got a rhyme for every situation, and he's uh, he's taken the last of the gas from the uh, from the jet engines to fuel this uh, this helicopter of theirs, and he says something to, along the lines of like, uh, you know, like I just got the last of the gas, so when those engines run dry, we'd better hit sky or it is goodbye forever, yeah, forever. <laughs> <laughs> and so they take off, and uh, he's the last one on. He's he's grabbing yeah. the the running board. Yeah, and the vines grab him, and it's it's a standoff. the The vines are too strong. Uh, they can't pull him up onto the uh, copter. The copter doesn't have enough pull to uh, to free him from the vines. And so, Roadblock is the coolest, and yeah. he's you know he knows he's tough enough that yeah. he can kick some plants. Yes, yeah. Roadblock's just like vines, please, whatever. So he lets go, and he they they fly off, and he just stays to fight the vines himself yeah and within seconds of them getting out of the pit of chaos they they pass out of the storm and into sunshine you know and their helicopter just completely falls to pieces yeah immediately which so. is great that, that's yeah. a really excellent detail it's like yeah, yeah we really threw this shit together yeah 
and now you know, it's it just makes completely it, falling apart. It makes it a smidge more believable, <laughs> you know, like because it's already a really hard sell that they somehow built a functional helicopter out of the scrap from their crashed skystraker, which was still running. Yeah, a skystraker that was in enough, that was still in good enough condition that they could run the jet engines to keep the vines at bay. Yeah, uh, and it falls apart above a couple vipers, of course. Who, yeah, who are just well, there? Were, are those vipers? Like I thought, those were just cobra trees. Troopers, oh, like, Cobra officers. Yeah, because yeah. Vipers yeah. don't come up until the next That's miniseries. Right. Yeah, because uh, they the get face plates. Yeah. So the Cobra troopers are all like, "Oh shit, we better go check that out." Uh, and then the Joes employ a cunning ruse. <laughs> <laughs> they, they have Junkyard, the dog, carry two boots. Yeah. So, outside of a rock, so it looks like. Yeah. So from behind the rock, it just you see these boots move forward, so it looks like someone's walking forward. Except the rock doesn't continue up high enough, so it's these disembodied bodied boots that they go to check out and then they get closer and Junkyard comes around the corner and drops the boots and looks at them. And Flint and, jumps out of nowhere and like... And then, smack, smack! Yeah. Surprise, bitches! Yeah. Bet you weren't expecting me! So they they uh, dress up in their stolen Cobra uniforms and just head off yeah, into and the desert. Get, yeah, and they head over to Cobraville and uh, go take in uh, a show at, uh, at Cafe Cobra. Cafe Cobra! Where they are accosted by a group of toughs who want their weapons. Which is a bit of a quandary we don't really yeah. understand how yeah in a cobra run town like you know if they were actual cobra soldiers would they not have just shot those people to death i imagine so but whatever bar brawl ensues and that's all good fun and there's some ragtime piano being played by an off-duty cobra <laughs> Yeah. a Cobra officer just sitting there playing piano. Yep. Uh, and at, sitting at one of the tables, ignoring all of the fracas, is yeah. Shipwreck, who's one of the greatest characters in G.I. Joe. Yeah. Very lame character design, yeah. but yeah. one of my favorite characters. He, he, he's, he's just a, a sailor. Yeah, he's just a sailor. <laughs> and he's got this great Mock Nicholson accent. He's clearly just a Nicholson impression. You guys aren't from around here, are you? Don't worry, I'm not a I'm Cobra. I'm not a Cobra. Uh, but you know, Junkyard immediately yeah. takes to him, so they know he's okay. Yeah, Junkyard's like, well, we, a really we good sure we can trust you, but Junkyard says you're all right. Thanks, Swabby. <laughs> he's very gay. It's yeah, great. There's, there's. He's got one of my favorite lines in here. Uh, like he's like, like, listen, you can either you know pay my fee and get out of here, or wait around and pray for urban renewal. <laughs> <laughs> it's like urban renewal, a concept that would have been totally over my head when this miniseries came out when. When I was five. But I bet it was something that Reagan was talking about oh, yeah. quite a lot at this point. Absolutely. In time. So I just like that that term snuck oh, yeah, into totally. a children's cartoon show. So we we have Shipwreck, who's just the sassiest gay sailor, and I, I totally love him. He, yeah. He's brilliant. And he has a sand boat. Yeah. A, 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 a sailboat that sails yeah, it's, it's on got the some, sands of the desert. Yeah, it's got some like pontoons, like some skis, you know, like jet skis, essentially, you mm. know, like a jet foil. Well, uh, it does turn out later on that yeah, it, has it has actual rocket engines. Yeah, they're it. just going by air power so that Cobra's sensors don't pick them up at first. Yeah. But then they get caught in a sand. Storm. Yeah, 
Which, you know, it really doesn't really make any difference yeah, at all in, yeah. in the long run. It's like, run. oh, we got stuck in sand, but then we get away and we're free. And they make it back to Cobra, or they make it back to G.I. Joe headquarters. And uh, Lady S- J is like, Flint, oh, you know, we, we, we were worried about you. He's like, oh, gosh, you know, that that's, you know, that that's nice. Uh, I mean, you know, that, you know, knowing your buddies were worried about you, you know, because he's all like, oh, Lady J, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Flint and I'm, you know, just shit with women. Uh, but, but in the... <laughs> he wouldn't have a chance anyway. Yeah. And then, but then... Uh, shipwreck shows up with a sudden case of the not gaze, <laughs> and he's just like, "She's your buddy." Uh, hey, this is shipwreck. He saved our necks. I'd rather save yours. I, I'd like to remind you that he says that with his arms around Flint from <laughs> yeah, behind. Yeah, yeah, he's he's <laughs> hugging Flint, and you know, and of course, you know the 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 funny thing here too is that Lady J is you know often uh, non canonically considered to be a considered to be a lesbian you know like she's got like the typical short haircut of the age that uh well not typical for women in the early 80s but a at the time a uh, i guess it was considered a uh, a, a sign of yeah kind of you know i don't know and and like it cannot in the comic books her and Flint were a couple. Yeah, exactly. And that that's something they play with in the cartoon as well. But they and she's never like, really quite suggested that much. And she's all like, oh, thank you. But now down to business. Like, <laughs> I have enjoyed this flirting, but now it's time to yo-jo. Yeah. This, is, this really isn't what I'm into. Yeah. <laughs> and, it, you know, and you just kind of want uh, Shipwreck to go, me neither. <laughs> I, I, I imagine just shipwreck just swings all ways. Oh yeah, whichever the way the wind, the yeah. wind blows. Yeah, what, whatever, know? whatever fills his sails at any given moment, really. <laughs> Damn right, <laughs> and more power to him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> And and we've we've totally missed all the stuff that's happening back at the yeah. Cobra base where Snake Eyes and Duke are being held hostage and yeah. forced, forced to into fight gladiatorial as, combat. Yeah, as as essentially video game characters that are being yeah. controlled. Yeah, they, by like, Destro and Destro Cobra, and Cobra essentially have Atari joysticks that they're controlling them with. And bizarrely enough, uh, Snake Eyes has the uh, Ponfar weaponry. Yeah, yeah. He, he has the trident and the net from... Yeah, uh, from, from Star Trek. Like, oh, I forget the name of the episode. We just watched it we like did just a month watch ago. Uh, that exact episode. But anyway. So he he has the, the Ponfar weapons. and Yeah, and, and they fight and... He throws the trident into some kind of giant antenna. Yeah, it's what's powering the grid that they're on that's controlling them and sends a morse code or no no joe code super ultra, joe code ultra, ultra joe code yeah it's Snake Eyes. He's using Joe Code Ultra. Right, because that's a thing. That's a thing. And of course he has this equipment on him. Well, Snake Eyes is like the Batman of the G.I. Joe team. Yeah. He's got a utility belt with everything in it. <laughs> but, like, I mean, during these scenes, they are both still on model. That is to say, they haven't been stripped of their gear. So, like, he's got fucking grenades he's on covered him. covered in knives <laughs> yeah. and grenades. Yeah, it's like, I'm looking like, did no one think to disarm him? Cobra's very cocky. <laughs> Come on now. They are so cocky. They, they, they don't sense danger anywhere. No. Their, uh, their confidence will be their undoing. <laughs> or will it? Or will it? Who knows? 
so meanwhile, uh, Shipwreck gets back, or they, they all get back to Joe headquarters, and they yeah. don't know how to get back to where they came from for whatever reason. Yeah. They still but don't know they get that signal is. from Snake Eyes telling them where the next target is. Yeah. So now they're like, oh, well now we need a way to uh, to fight back. If only we had some kind of defense. And what is it they're attacking? Is it the White House? Yeah, Washington, D.C. Like, they're pretty much just clustered around the yeah. White House, correct? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And so Doc shows up with his rad green glasses. Oh man, Doc is and coolest. he's he's apparently got the answer. And the answer is energy mirrors. They're these magic mirrors. mirrors. Yes, yeah, these mirrors that absorb energy and then redirect it to a uh, a larger like prime mirror, which can then send that energy anywhere you want. We'll send it back. Yeah, along, along the, the same, same vector, vector towards wherever it came from yeah. in the first place. And somehow that still doesn't allow them to pinpoint Cobra's headquarters. No, of course. But whatever um but what gets me about this plan is like okay so the, it absorbs energy but like it only seems to absorb energy in like like some kind of format where that energy can be like like heat energy or yeah. electric energy well, they, like, they test it with blowtorch blow yeah blowtorch torch hits it with a flamethrower and, and it sends that heat energy and, and blows up a wall it back uh but what are they going to do against like rain or wind and that's what they end up against you know it's like it's like wind oh and hail yeah oh this is going to be great we've solved all our problems let's get these to Washington they get it to Washington it's like oh shit instead of something that we can absorb and redirect with these mirrors they're hitting us with wind and hail and hailstones so large that they would be instantly fatal to anyone struck by them they're, they're the size of beach balls which and is just they annihilate these mirrors like <clears throat> these mirrors are shattering left and right it's a disaster for the Joes we, we see these giant hailstones hitting things like yeah. we see them like bust through one of the windows of the White House. It takes out a column at the White House it or at a state house. It takes out a tree. Like a hailstone <laughs> taking out an entire tree. If that hit a person, they'd be yeah. mulched. And it's so windy that jeeps are being picked up and flung around. Yeah, yeah. one of the awe strikers just yeah. gets picked up and yeah. flies but, And off. yet somehow these mirrors are still on the ground <laughs> and not, not falling over. A lot of them are falling yeah. over but, and getting oh, destroyed. Man, it's so ridiculous. And then, you know, Cobra Commander's like, Now, Destro, hit them with lightning! And Destro's like, Cobra Commander, it is too dangerous to hit them with lightning. I said now, Destro! And they did. To be fair, I, I... Does, do they know what's going on on the other side of what they're doing that much? Like, do they have cameras there? What? I don't know. Like, How I, do they I think, even know? I think Destro's just like... He's just he, hitting them with whatever yeah, the hell he's he wants like, to do. Yeah, you know, he's I think he's, he's orchestrating he's, violence. Yeah, I think he's uh, like on the side of restraint. It's like, let's not show off our whole hand right now. This is more than enough to destroy them here. We can, we can save lightning for later or whatever. I don't know. At any rate, they use lightning, which is just... Thank goodness that's just what the Joes needed because they can actually redirect that lightning. So the lightning conveniently strikes all of the mirrors that are still standing and apparently a ton of them survive. I'm feeling like maybe they can attract it somehow. Yeah, maybe. Seems and then those mirrors, you know... They reflect uh, it to a larger mirror, which reflects to, it to, to a mirror larger prime, mirror. And then Mirror Prime shoots it back along the same vector and blows up the Weather Dominator, which for some reason... Flies into space, space. and breaks up into three places. Three pieces that land in completely different parts yeah, of the world. Yeah, one lands it's on... a hell of an explosion. Yeah, and how did this thing launch? In front? Like, did it have rocket fuel in it? What's going on? I don't know. Well, but, the laser core is kind of like yeah, a nuclear core, I, I guess. guess. <laughs> but, it's, you know, you're... It's like, a hell of Destro's a Destro's pretty lucky that he didn't, like, oh, yeah. get blown in half. And, and you know, Destro certainly shit-talks Cobra <laughs> Commander 
after this. Like, this is your fucking fault. I told you. I said don't do it. And you did it. Destro's an expert shit talker, though, man. man. He loves to do that. Yeah. That's that's his thing. So now the plot becomes a race to get the three components back. Because this explosion has also set off a chain reaction of crazy weather around the world. And we're told this... In the best way possible. Scarlet and Gung-Ho are standing in Washington looking at each other like dumb fucks. And then up runs Lady J. I just got off the radio with uh, Joe Headquarters. Cobra's weather dominator thingy blew up, flew up into the into the atmosphere, or up into orbit, exploded, and came down in three pieces. And then the rest of the story gets filled in by Gung-Ho and Scarlet, neither of whom were there for this communication that explained what they are now explaining to us. Gung-Ho's like, it set off a chain reaction of crazy weather all over the world. How would you know that? You, you, weren't, you weren't there. And then Scarlet's like, and we gotta get them back, or otherwise the sun may never shine on planet Earth earth again again how, how what well you know they're they're green seers yeah you know, they're, they're they just through the yeah. trees and they're, they're... man so so now it's uh it's a three-pronged thing the ion correlator has <laughs> landed in yeah i'm gonna use their fucking names all right <laughs> the, the ion, ion correlator, correlator uh, uh has landed in the uh the palace of doom you know, just an aside, but <laughs> Star Trek in the Next Generation, people often talk about the ludicrous pseudoscience that yeah. Jordy especially will spout from time to time, but yeah. G.I. Joe had so Joe. much of that, mm-hmm. and that was not aimed at the same audience. That was aimed at a much younger audience, yeah. and they just went with it. They oh, rolled yeah. with it, man. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Ion Correlator. Ion Correlator, sure. Yeah, so the Ion Correlator is in the Palace of Doom, not to be confused with the Temple of Doom. Different, Completely different place. Looks nothing like the Temple of Doom. No. Looks exactly like the temple. <laughs> and it has a giant magic statue guarding it. It does. It's like a giant stone robot. It's great. Uh, the laser core has landed on the roof of the world. In, I guess, <laughs> and, the, in, the Arctic? Yeah, the Arctic, the Arctic Circle? Yeah, it's... It's up at the North Pole, essentially. Yeah. And the uh, the third thing. What is the third I don't thing? Remember. It's just this weird hexagonal box. I think I think that third thing was like actually call or like yeah I don't know. Because uh, it it lands on the island of no return. Is yeah. that what it's called? Uh, yeah, it lands on the island of no return. So first we go to the island of no return. That that's our first destination, which is this little tropical island surrounded by a barrier reef. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and. We go there with Torpedo, the Hawaiian yeah, Joe. Yeah, everybody's favorite Joe. Who just like, like when Torpedo shows up, it's a fucking party. Oh yeah, it's my favorite part of the first miniseries. Is Torpedo shows up like out of nowhere, and all of the Joes just lose their shit. He's like, like the Joes just think like Torpedo is the greatest thing ever. It kind of reminds me. I mean, I know you're not a, I know you're not a fan of Friends, neither am I. But there's an episode of Friends where they there's specifically a friend of the Friends that they all remember like fun time joe or something like that mm-hmm. and it turns out that he'd been an alcoholic and now that he was no longer a drinker he wasn't any fun anymore so he, or uh, alternately schmitty on it's always sunny mm-hmm. that's always what it kind of reminds me of it's like here up, torpedo shows up and it's an instant party and all of the joes love torpedo so it's him and spirit and cutter who's very bostonian he, i believe he's wearing yeah. a boston red Sox hat totally uh uh, and Wild Bill, who uh, the Hydromaster, the Hydromaster, the Hydromaster is what they're there for. Okay, uh, Wild Bill flying his helicopter. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, and he he makes his feeble attempt at a rhyme. Like, yeah. you know, go, you, you, go home, Are, are you Roadblock? You are not Roadblock. No, go no. Home. <laughs> you country western motherfucker. I don't think so. Shave off your handlebar mustache. <laughs> you don't deserve it. So so they're they're fighting a cobra force led by the Baroness. And we haven't talked much about the Baroness, but this is something that I brought up while yeah. we were watching it. The Baroness, her accent. Russian? German? Romanian? She, like, at, at one point she sounds Transylvanian almost. Like, I was like, like she's like she's like the fucking count. Yeah, we... Baroness calling Destro. Baroness calling Destro. Ah ah ah. Yeah, well, like I, I think Transylvania technically is supposed to be part of Romania. Yeah. So, but it, it's certainly very cartoonish, and you could easily say that uh, you know, like if someone asked me to identify that accent, Russian, German, Romanian, I would get, any one of those would be an answer that I would give. Yeah. Because it's it's hard to tell. Like she she's she essentially sounds like uh, Natasha from fucking yeah, Rocky yeah. and Bullwinkle. She, she's Natasha. Yeah. But so this raises another thing that I find interesting about the Joe versus the Cobra team is that the Joe team are real American heroes. They're all Americans. You betcha. Cobra is an international force. Yeah. You know, they're they're, they're from all over the place. Yeah. They're, they're multicultural. They certainly are. And does that make them better? I don't than the know. Joes? Or more progressive than the Joes? Hard to say. So, like, you know, that, that's a really weird aspect. I mean, they're all white. Yeah. I, I don't, I can't think of a single black Cobra character or no. native no, no, or yeah. Asian? I mean, Storm Shadow. Storm Shadow is Asian, that's Storm right. Shadow is Japanese. Storm, Storm Shadow is from Japan. Um, Although he turns good later on and becomes part of the Joe team. It's true. Now, they do... Cobra eventually steals the genetic material of a whole bunch of... Uh, that's true. ...of Serpentor. evil leaders. And not not all of those people were white. But, but they but, end up a white guy. Yeah, they end up a white guy. <laughs> you know, Serpentor, he's, he's, he's white as Wonder Bread. So, I mean, again, we're, we're talking about what is Cobra, a terrorist organization, and as an ideology? Yeah. They're capitalists, but are they also white supremacists? It could be. It's hard to say. Like Fighting maybe... against the communist Americans? <laughs> That's amazing. It gets better and better. Oh, I love it. Uh, let's, keep, let's keep going down that rabbit hole. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so, on the Island of No Return, uh, Spirit, the, the native Joe, who is yeah. totally great. Spirit and his his, uh, his uh, bald eagle, Freedom. Freedom. Uh, the two of them face off against Storm Shadow. The, they, they both happen they to be... They both get the... to the Hydromaster at the same time, and now they got to fight for it. And they, get, they end up stuck in this underwater cavern, and it's filling up with water, and they both realize, you know what, if we're just going to sit here fighting, we're both going to die. Yeah, it's like, we are going to use up all of our oxygen fighting. Let's not fight let's just kind of meditate on let's our let's just sit uh, here and think we we don't we don't need to fight if if we just keep on fighting one of us is gonna die and then the other one's just gonna run out of oxygen and die anyways yeah so this is pointless let's not spend our last few minutes fighting that's not how i want to die which is kind of interestingly philosophical and high-minded yeah. for this really goofy 80s show yeah and but... i really like this moment where these characters just you know what Let's not. Let, let's just stop and think about this for a yeah. minute, and, and we'll 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 either come up with a solution or we'll go out peacefully. Yeah, and you know, Spirit comes up with the solution that uh, that Storm Shadow kind of poo poos, but you know, he's willing to go along with it because you know we're gonna you know, die why, anyway. Why not? <clears throat> so they hide under the Hydromaster uh, because like the water's rising in this cavern that they're in, and uh, our boy Spirit theorizes that there must be a blowhole somewhere where the uh, oxygen is being pushed out, uh, and he says. 
oh, well, let's, you know, get under the Hydromaster and use the air under there and maybe we can escape out the blowhole. And it works. It works. And then the Hydromaster oddly seems to be, like, hollow almost. Seems pretty light. Yeah. But anyway, you know, Storm Shadow being a very honorable guy, he said, okay, you saved my life. You can leave with the Hydromaster. Yeah. That's cool. But he, so Storm Shadow, you know, takes off. But then Firefly shows up uh, with some Really ineffectively. Yeah. Uh, but he is stopped by Zartan. Oh, right, right. Because Zartan has been watching this from his super secret sub. And Zartan's plan is this. He wants Cobra and G.I. Joe each to possess a piece of the Weather Dominator because he wants to get his hands on the third piece and then, in his mind, he'll be able to make a killing selling it to the highest bidder. So then isn't he really getting ahead of himself? He, he's spending all this time yeah. to make sure they don't get it. Shouldn't he just go and get the one piece that he's yeah. he's planning on getting? Exactly. Wouldn't, exactly. wouldn't that be the logical path to take? Because he could even tell the Cobra team, like, hey, look, I got this. You guys don't even need to show up. Yeah. It's uh, it's, it's an ill-thought-out plan. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's what I'm saying. It, it truly is, as many plans are in G.I. Joe. Most <laughs> G.I. Joe plans are ill-thought-out, but kind of brilliant in there. Yeah. It's, Beautiful it's lunacy. kind of weird, you know? It's like, hey, let's uh, let's transport this super valuable um, laser core to someplace safe. I've got a great idea about how to transport it. Let's leave it out in the open. Oh. Let's not even put it inside something. No, no, we're going to roll this truck and convoy <laughs> yeah. across the USA. Convoy! <laughs> Which, by the way, I, I got convoy on Blu-ray. Oh, we yeah. should totally do it. Yeah, yeah, let's do convoy. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, the the next, they, they have the battle at the temple with, man, who's there? Who's in the temple? Shipwreck Major Blood. And, oh, Major Blood. Yeah. Where some, where some superstitious people see the Temple of No Return, or, or the, the uh, Palace of Doom, <laughs> I see a simple military objective, is how he phrases so, it. So, okay, Major Blood. Again, same question as Baroness. What is that accent? I thought he was Cockney. Is he smack? I'm, I'm pretty sure, like... Is he Brit- like British or Australian is what I get from him. Maybe he's New Zealand. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I'm thinking British Isles, but yeah, I don't yeah. know about like, Cockney. Maybe, like, I, I always kind of got the idea of, like, defector from the IRA. You know, could be, I, could be. Is he, he's a bomb specialist from... His name is Sebastian Blood. B-L-U-D-D. Yeah. Blood um, is his real name. Blood is his <laughs> real name. Beautiful. He is from Sydney, Australia. Oh, Thank Australian. you, Internet. There you go. So there we go. He is Australian. Uh, <laughs> so he's leading the Cobra forces in the the Palace of Doom. Excuse yeah, the Palace me. of Doom. Almost said Temple of Doom again. It's hard not to. <laughs> but the Joes get in there first, so they have to fight the magic yeah the guardian. magic the magic stone robot because one of them stepped on a panel and apparently the the natives of this island were very adept at creating magic stone giant magic stone robots i feel that like it's it's just magic you yeah know, it's it's just a big magic golem type thing yeah uh, so they have to fight that for a bit, but, but fortunately, luckily, Cobra has a giant snake robot. Yeah, for just, some reason. they just brought that along for ki- for shits and giggles. So, so we can have you know a, a bit of a Power Rangers battle here. Yeah, so they're snake fighting robot each other versus and, magic robot. And uh, our boy Shipwreck is all like, "Quick, let's get out of here. Maybe they'll forget about us." And then, f- for no reason whatsoever, he says, "Scratch the forget part." 
as if they've just been noticed. But they haven't been. They're still just fighting. They're it's still just fighting. Kind of an odd moment. Yeah. But then there's a crack in the wall and they escape through that. Yeah. And But they don't get the ion correlator. Major Blood flies in there and grabs the ion correlator and then flies out. He, in, in yeah, Major Blood has his wicked jetpack. Yeah. So he gets the hell out of there. Uh, so now G.I. Joe and Cobra each have a piece of the Weather Dominator. We're one all. Yep. So now it's time to go to the Arctic and meet Snowjob. To the top of the world! Yep. And Snowjob is going to lead them through these, as he calls them, sluiceways in the... Uh... In the ice caverns. Yeah. And he has these really cool sleds and yeah, it looks like toboggans. so much fun! Yeah. And our boy God Shipwreck damn. is really bummed that Lady J and Flint are, are going together. He's like, hey, who's going to ride with me? And then our boy Gung Ho shows up to save the day. Oh, so romantic. <laughs> it is so romantic. Yeah, and Gung Ho's been having pretty good luck so far. Like, yeah. like earlier in the episode, it was raining men. Specifically, it was raining Cobra Commander. Cobra <laughs> well, Commander directly drops in directly into his arms. <laughs> so he's like, he's holding Cobra Commander as if he's as if he's a bride. He's about to carry over the threat. It's great. Yeah, he lands so softly in his yeah. arms. It's, it's beautiful. Gung Ho is very <laughs> gentle, and Gung Ho he looks like he belongs in the village. People. Yeah, he he's basically he's a... bald. He's got a handlebar mustache. He is bare chested with a uh, marine tattoo on his Amazing chest. Amazing marine tattoo. But he's wearing a jean vest. A jean vest. Over yep. like like bare bare chested jean jean vest. He could not be more a more stereotypically gay marine. If no. He couldn't be a more stereotypically he, he, gay marine. He's a fantasy gay marine. Yeah. And it's yeah. great. He's awesome. He's the kind of... If you were looking for a costume of a sexy marine yeah. at a costume shop, his uniform is what you'd find. Pretty much, yeah. So that, that's the shipwreck gung-ho romance. Just, yeah. They, they go sledding they go, together. They, go, it's, they it's go on a toboggan ride together. It's it's sweet. Uh, and all forces are converging on yeah. this spot. We've the got... Cobra has a much better way Oh, they, to get they there. have a giant drill machine, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah, way better. They're not fucking around with sluice ways they, they, they're just gonna bore through the ice and the dreadnoughts have the kind of less plan. logical plan of going over it with motorbikes yeah well apparently Zartan knows a secret crevice that will get them in there faster apparently but it doesn't because by the time they get there and get their bikes set up Joe, the Joes and Cobra have already arrived and are already fighting for the thing so they just sit there like dumb shits and watch them until an opening shows up and they ride their bikes down and steal the laser Core. Yeah, I mean, to their credit, it does still end yeah. up working out. It, in their it favor. works, but it, honestly, it really shouldn't <laughs> it have. Shouldn't have. Like, and you know, they they have this secret entrance and exit way, but yeah, it get like their secret they, entrance gets they, blocked the second they use it because they're they're coming through on their motorbikes, which are too loud and cause an avalanche yeah. and block up their passage. But whatever, they still win. They still end up with the thing, and yeah. they head back to their carnival headquarters. Yeah, in and New the, but they cause that avalanche on the Joes, and how did the Joes survive? They all shoot upwards with their lasers to melt the snow <laughs> over them. So, like, suddenly they're trapped in essentially a column of ice that they have melted around themselves. And then Lady J shows up with her... Uh, she has a diamond a diamond arrow. Javelin, javelin. That she uh, carves them out of. And uh, then she gets to quip, didn't you know, diamonds are a boy's best friend? Oh, Lady J. Guy's best friend. Oh, she's guy's just one of the guys. Friend. Yeah, she's just one of the guys. Uh, so they... they... Everyone, uh, Zartan sends a message to both the Joe team and the Cobra team that, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this to the highest bidder, whoever wants it, you know, whoever and, wants it the most. And then it turns out that, you know, like a dumbass, he's just used a transmitter and 
both the Joes and Cobra have absolutely no trouble at all in pinpointing his signal and find out that he is in uh, he's he's gone back to the swamp essentially he's gone back to Bayou Country yeah and uh, and where else would he go in a city? yeah come on. so they know him they they Joes and Cobra converge on uh, on Zartan's uh, death carnival, carnival. Uh, no. and he almost escapes but then gets caught by uh, Destro so now Cobra has the uh, laser core and I don't even remember what happens next with that uh, they set up the weather dominator yeah again. and uh, and Cobra Commander forgives uh Zartan. Well, of course. Like, like Destro's like, an, what are we going to do with this turncoat? <laughs> he's like, you know, how are we going to punish him? And uh, he's like, punishment is the, <laughs> punishment is for failure, and we have not failed. I forgive him. It's like, what the fuck? Cobra Commander is a very emotional guy. Cobra Commander is weird, but I love him. He, he, uh, at some point in the middle of this episode, smashes a chair into the, yeah, the console, console panel, and all yeah, the Crimson yeah. Guardsmen yeah. show up, I'm like, uh, what, what's going Commander, on? Your, your screen! Fault <laughs> equipment <laughs> find who is in charge of this and have them like, punish so they, they're setting up the weather dominator they're ready to start messing shit up again but roadblock has meanwhile infiltrated the base with his hondaloo hondaloo his new uh trucker girlfriend yeah he uh he caught a ride on a convoy of uh of trucks her trucks yeah he thought they were cobra trucks but they're they have been um hijacked, hijacked by cobra yeah. so he frees hondaloo and they sneak into the cobra headquarters this way he and they puts pl- cobra commander in a headlock yeah that's his plan that's his whole plan and it totally works yeah for a second and then he picks up corporate <laughs> commander throws him at the guards that are running after him starts singing the fucking gi joe theme song oh he'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble gi joe is here well i i presume he wrote it yeah you know, yeah it's, it's, a, it's a roadblock That's, original exactly it's yeah. perfect uh he's and the then rhyming the, member of the group but then they get caught because yeah. of course they'll get caught they're in the cobra headquarters <laughs> surrounded by cobra officers yeah, there is no way they're not getting caught so they get uh, reunited with uh, Duke and uh, Snake Eyes and they have to all fight in the gladiatorial combat against the weird like Cobra Vector Atari graphics? snakes yeah they're like these these Atari style graphics of snakes that are coming after the Joes one blue and one red yeah but the Joes uh, they overcome. find a way to short circuit them yeah they, they essentially throw Hondaloo at uh, at the antenna yeah and she bends it over into the other antenna which short circuits them. Oh, Duke has the line, we have to reverse the polarity, which is definitely a Doctor Who quote. Definitely. Uh, so she does that. The snakes start fighting each other. And then the, the Joe team shows up. Duke sent a message that said where they were. Was Although it Duke really or was they... it uh, or was it Roadblock who sent the message? Oh, maybe it was Roadblock. Anyways, it doesn't matter. They send a message a... To, to back to the Yeah, so the Joes and... are on their way. Although, I don't know how they didn't know where it was. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. They there were a bunch known. of people who were there yeah who came back already yeah and not to mention but when anyway they shot the weather dominator with the mirror yeah. the ballistics from their mirror should have just told them where this place was so the joes show up uh they fuck up cobra's shit destro is uh throwing a snowstorm at them yeah. uh, so most of them get stopped in the middle of the desert by yeah. a snowstorm but Except then duke sky striker no flints flints because duke's Flint. still inside duke's still inside and then our boy roadblock and finds f- those uh dried up murder vines Oh, yeah. Puts them at the base of the weather dominator uh, pylon and douses them with water. 
And so our boy uh, Destro has to has to get the hell out of there. It's like because uh, Roblox knocks over the wall of jars of preserves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were talking about that. Like, I, I liked the note. Like, he just pushes over the wall of jars onto this onto the two Cobra Troopers. And I was thinking to myself, you know, it'd be way funnier if this weren't murder vines. This was just like Cobra Commander, in addition to being a terrorist leader, just also happens to be way into canning. You know, he's just into jarring preserves, and you just like. No, my boysenberry, my butter pickles. <laughs> you know, and and uh, it's it's just bizarre. It, yeah. It's just this freestanding yeah, bookcase just, full of jars, of jars in whatever. the middle of a fortress. Yeah, whatever. It's beautiful. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're kind of wrapping this up here because there's not a lot left to the episode. Cobras realize that they're getting their asses kicked, so they try to retreat and lower the uh, temple because the temple sinks beneath the sand. That's how they stay hidden from the Joes. Is like the Joes can't find them because oh, they're hidden under the sea. Really ostentatious yeah. for a hidden fortress. Yeah. Has a giant cobra. Yeah, and the Joes they aren't gonna let that happen. So the Sky Striker, in a ridiculous feat of aerobatics, manages to fly in the main hangar door of the uh, Cobra Palace before it submerges. And apparently, there is enough room inside the Cobra hangar for a Sky Striker to fly around and bank and turn. Uh, the Sky Striker blows up the lowering mechanism. The uh, they capture Cobra Commander. Destro escapes on a uh, <laughs> on, on a, a hang glider. On a hang glider, and Zartan hitches a ride awkwardly. And then they send uh, Beardy uh, up the uh, weather dominator. Yeah, mainframe. Main uh, up the weather dominator to fix the weather. So he starts fixing weather all over the world. And then when he tries to fix the weather at Joe headquarters, oh no, he accidentally made a snowstorm there. And they're like, and with every time he fixes something on the monitor, everyone's like, yo. Joe! And then G.I. Joe headquarters gets snowed. They're like, oh, yo, snow! Well, nobody's uh, perfect. No, but we do okay. <laughs> Thumbs up, triumphant G.I. Joe musical sting. Credits. Da 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 da! Uh, wow. So, yeah, yeah, it's, it's some weird shit. <laughs> it is. Now, the miniseries, uh, the first miniseries was just done to kind of launch both the uh, the comic book and the toy line. As well as the show. Yeah. Well, the first miniseries, they weren't sure if they were going to get a show. Right. They, they did the first miniseries. Much like Transformers yeah. did the first four episodes. So, they the did series. their miniseries, and it did so well that they commissioned a second miniseries. And the second miniseries, this one, did even better. And that's what made them say, okay, these first two miniseries have knocked it out of the park we will now commission a full series we're going we're going to make a tv show out of this so the next mini series isn't actually a mini series so much as, as as it is the first five episodes of the of season one yeah and because of that you see the production quality on the next mini series drops significantly because the first two mini series essentially had the budget of like half a season or a full season of an animated series and now the third one has to uh divide that up between all the episodes they got to do something like 25 episodes yeah or something so yeah G.I. Joe's uh, the the quality of animation we see in this miniseries is pretty high like, yeah for the most part you know so uh, I, I would say that the animation quality in this miniseries is better than the animation quality in G.I. Joe the movie uh 
some of it. Some Certainly of it. not the opening sequence. The opening sequence is just the opening sequence beautiful. of G.I. Joe the movie is glorious, but then the rest of the movie doesn't live up to that standard. Yeah, yeah, that's true. The animation here is is great, and like all of the character designs basically look like they walked straight out of the uh, out of the Marvel comic. Back in the uh, early '80s was a time when animated series kind of went for that realistic look with their human characters in a number of shows. Although here more than pretty much yeah, anywhere else, definitely it was something that they were trying for back then galaxy rangers mask not so much he-man but he-man they still went for semi-realism there but more of a bodybuilder aesthetic than yeah you know if, if we yeah. want to talk about gay coding in 80s yeah. cartoons right <laughs> Plenty of plenty of the cartoons back then were at least trying for that kind of realistic look. And then Batman the Animated Series comes out in like 90, 89, 90, and really popularizes this much more stylized cartoonish look. Which I'm, I'm a fan of, but I did always miss the kind of Marvel-esque realism of the, of the G.I. Joe series. And you saw it try to come back occasionally, like the, the Marvel shows on Fox, X-Men and Spider-Man. They were trying for it but they just couldn't match it Spider-Man maybe a little bit more successfully than X-Men yeah. but X-Men, X-Men is so yeah, blocky X-Men is really bad uh, lumpy more than blocky I would yeah, say yeah well like, it's it's a show that I liked at the time but I tried to rewatch it a few years ago and it's unwatchable oh it's so bad it's, it's, it's almost Thundercats unwatchable Thundercats or uh, I, Silverhawks maybe even more so yeah like, like I was never a fan of the X-Men cartoon I wanted to be but I just couldn't get into it as a kid like, I was the right age yeah, uh, I, I remember being really excited when it started, mm-hmm. and really being into the first season, but kind of losing track of it yeah. after that. I just remember watching the first episode and Wolverine losing his shit over Morph. Morph. <laughs> uh. <laughs> so regarding this uh, this series, uh, I don't know what what, what kind of rating <laughs> level do we want to? Talk I about am here? going to give this series. I'm going to give this mini series five blue lasers. <laughs> Out of? Out of five blue lasers, <laughs> this was a triumph. Alright. All right. G.I. Joe, The Revenge of Cobra, is a triumph of animation. It is a triumph of marketing. It is a triumph of toy design. And it is a triumph of absurdity. Okay, so from a, I, I'm a little more measured on it. I'm going to say four. <laughs> Just if, 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 going on the same rating level, I'll say four blue lasers, but... My problem with it is that it's not as crazy as the show was at its best. True. Like, we, we have later episodes where the Cobra team kidnaps all of the Joe's families and brainwashes them. We have the episode where Bazooka sees a giant metal sea serpent and yeah, no one will believe Yeah, and no one believes him. him. But, you know, Cobra actually has a giant sea serpent that's eating yachts. Or Cold Slither, Cobra Cola, or The Viper. <laughs> the Viper. You know, the, they made an episode out of that old you know scary story about the viper and it turns he's come to vipe the windows and I love all that stuff that stuff is so much crazier than what happens in this like this is pretty crazy but this is never quite as delightfully insane as the show Mm -hmm. got at its most heightened so I'll say four okay four out of five blue lasers I'm giving it a five out of five (laughs) because I fucking love the revenge of cobra I would call this a successful away mission oh absolutely and we, we, we should say, just to measure it a little bit, it's really bad. Oh, yeah. But it's yeah. wondrously it's bad. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's very self-consciously it bad. Like San Andreas. 
this is not it's ridiculous but it's so entertaining yeah. so much fun it's it's really clear that the people making it knew what they were making they, they were making something that was kind of trash but they were having a lot of fun doing it there there was a lot of a lot more depth to it than you would expect yeah and like they're, they're clearly trying really hard to make something entertaining yeah they, they clearly their their top priority here is fun mm-hmm. which is good because it could just be sell toys as i would say masters of the universe was oh yeah with masters of the universe thundercats yeah thundercats too like both of those shows always feel like the top priority is buy all our play sets and toys mm-hmm. whereas gi joe that's certainly on their list of things to do but at the top of that list is how fucking crazy can we get yeah l- l- what what can we get past? You know, what, what kind of crazy stuff can we put in this this episode? This what, what what's our bizarre story going to be this yeah, time? Yeah, yeah. What what's going to happen next? <sighs> Oh, G.I. Joe. Oh, man. G.I. Joe is just one of my personal obsessions. Like, I, I loved the comics as a kid mm-hmm. more than the, the cartoon, oh, although the, I totally the, watched the cartoon. Yeah, the comics are a whole different uh, thing unto themselves. Like, the comics are actually practically serious. A lot of the time. They, yeah. they, at the beginning, they're closer to the show, but yeah. over the course of the comic series, they became very serious and, yeah. like, weirdly deep in a lot of ways. Yeah. yeah. They, they really get into the terrorist uh, mentality stuff going on like there's there's more to it than you know Cobra just wants to take over the world you know like, yeah they're, they're much more real world, world grounded yeah Cobra Commander he used to be a used car salesman yeah and he has all these clones of himself or, or lookalikes yeah. that he uses you know kind of playing off of Doctor uh, Doom well Doctor Doom but yeah. also just more in, in terms of the real world of uh, uh, Saddam Hussein oh yeah no he, he has all these lookalikes that he has who are, are there to pretend to be him in dangerous situations and things like that. Exactly. Which is really neat. They have brainwashed towns of <sighs> yeah, know, indoctrinated yeah. people who are, yeah. are part of their cult. Just a, just a there's, whole there's lot of... There's just a lot to yeah. love about G.I. Joe yeah. on, on pretty much every front. The yeah. toys were great. The comics were great. The cartoon was great. The But all in extremely yeah. different ways. Exactly. The animated movie was great. The first live action movie is a piece of shit. But oh. the second live action movie movie also great yeah i don't love it but it's okay I, I i think it's decent uh but the first one just avoid like the plague yeah. even despite some of the genuine talent involved in it yeah. it's surprisingly bad yeah it really is anyways uh thank you for joining us on this away mission uh this was a long one too uh but uh we will be back again with something else uh who knows who knows the sky's the limit yeah who knows what the what the next one could be it could even be a boat <laughs> thanks for joining us this is pags yeah we'll catch you next time the diecast enterprise is a non-stop pop production if you enjoy the show and want to support it please check out the patreon at patreon.com slash pags p-a-g-z you can also follow us on social media you'll find links on our website diecast-enterprise.com or nonstop-pop.com thanks for listening live long and prosper (laughs) 